nothing had really clicked. And then I came across Cindy O'Meara and the Nutrition Academy and she introduced me to functional nutrition and her philosophy of vitalism that our bodies have an innate intelligence and given the right tools, we can heal, adapt and thrive. That just, it changed something in me. And I, I had this realization of maybe it's not going out and trying to stick to all these diets. Maybe I have all the answers inside of me. And I love that one of the first subjects was culture and traditions and its role and it's in food and nutrition and oh my goodness this resonated because I come from a Croatian background food is everything thewellnesscouch.com streaming wellness into your lives download the app today welcome to the self-love podcast the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials. Here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week is based off a question I get all the time around our cycles, around the moon, and what better person to have on the show than beautiful Mel Kovacevic. This beautiful soul is the founder of The Seed Cycle. She's a functional nutrition and uh, EFT practitioner. And with her expertise in functional nutrition, intuitive eating practices, and the tapping, she has helped hundreds of women restore hormone balance using food as medicine. Now, this is a subject that she is deeply passionate about. She's dedicated to empowering women to reach their full potential. And that is reflected in The Seed Cycle, which provides a done-for-you seed cycling solution delivered to your doorstep every single month. Now, with support and encouragement of her family, this beautiful business has flourished and become something that so many of us have been looking for. I know you're going to love today's interview. I know it's going to help anybody that has issues around their cycle, their image, their self-worth, because ultimately, as she mentions throughout this podcast, food is our medicine. And what better way to do that than honor not only the seeds that she's talking about, what our body needs, but also in alignment with the moon. This is a very powerful podcast. If you have a daughter, a sister, a mother, a friend, whether you're pre puberty, going through puberty, uh, whether it's about pregnancy, menopause or perimenopause, any of these different phases in our life, you're going to love today's interview. I cannot wait to hear what you think about it. Please reach out to the beautiful Mel and notice all of her links will be in the show notes for you. But if you are interested, go to theseedcycle.com.au, theseedcycle.com.au. She's phenomenal. And if you've got any comments or feedback, please head on over to my Instagram page, Kim Morrison, the number 28. Facebook is Kim Morrison Training, or head on over to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash self-love podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. I hope you're as inspired as I am bringing them to you and that all of these beautiful topics touch different parts and phases in our lives so that we can live our truly best life. Thank you for being on the ride with me. Thank you to 28 Essentials for sponsoring the show. And thank you to you, my beautiful listener. Take care, be kind and enjoy today's show. It is such a delight and I'm so excited to have with us this week an amazing soul, someone who's been on a really interesting journey, but also someone who really honors the rhythms and cycles and meaning of life and has even created a business out of this, as you have heard. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, beautiful Mel. Hello, Kim. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to hang out with you. (laughs) Well, we met at Cindy's beautiful nutritional program, her amazing summit that she hosts every year and I've seen you you know grow and really really share some empowering stuff especially for women but before we get into all of that could you just take us on a little journey as to what took you down this path what you did pre the seed cycle and maybe why you're so passionate about why you're doing what you're doing oh I would love to share it it's a bit of a story (laughs) Uh, my journey started really with my own health as it does for many in my teens and my early 20s I was obsessed with being thin like 
losing weight was like my only goal in life. And uh, that just led me down a really dark path of dieting and food restriction and binging. And I, I really think that it was that that then led me to have a really unhealthy relationship with food and my body. And I, I decided to study nutrition and my only motive of that was if I learn if I if I study nutrition then I'll learn how to lose weight (laughs) at the time I was working in the public service and I was making my way up really quickly like I think at 21 I was a manager of a service center and uh, I mean I didn't realize at the time how uh, draining that was for me and being inside all the time and uh, really, and and I think this is where freedom now is such a big value of mine because I didn't didn't have any freedom. I was glued to a desk, <laughs> um, and yeah, hours and hours um, in in that office. But anyway, so I started studying nutrition. I did a, a course to begin with that was just a basic nutrition course, and it was very much around like calories and macros. And I did learn a lot, um, but it wasn't. Nothing had really clicked. And then I came across um, Cindy O'Meara and the Nutrition Academy and she introduced me to functional nutrition and her philosophy of vitalism that our bodies have an innate intelligence and given the right tools, we can heal, adapt and thrive. That just, oh, it, it, it changed something in me. And I, I had this realisation of maybe it's not going out out and and trying to stick to all these diets maybe I have all the answers inside of me and I, I love that one of the first subjects was culture and traditions and its role and it's in food and nutrition and oh my goodness this resonated because I come from a Croatian background food is everything <laughs> food is how we celebrate food is how we pass on tradition and I'd spent 15 years going to family functions going donate 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 <laughs> and really finding it stressful whereas when I understood that the importance of food when it came to our culture and our traditions it was just like I can enjoy this and I can make my grandma's recipes even though they have a lot of butter and all these things that I was told were bad and then I came across EFT tapping shortly after that and then that again just really helped me understand the underlying root cause why was I so obsessed with losing weight and for me I had a belief of I need to be skinny to be loved and of course that makes sense why I was so obsessed with it um because I had this belief so I able to do some of that work and really understand how my unconscious mind works and, and and the programming was again another life change for me and for years, uh, particularly EFT was, uh, so that stands for Emotional Freedom Techniques, if anyone doesn't know, and it's such a powerful way to support your nervous system. Uh, it's used by some of the world's leading trauma experts. And, um, yeah, it was just my little secret, something that I used to do, and it just helped me whenever I felt stressed or overwhelmed or anxious or whatever it was. And then it was when I was in labor with my daughter, I was scared. I was in a lot of pain and I started tapping, started using EFT. And afterwards, my husband said to me, what were you doing? (laughs) And I said, oh, it's just this thing called EFT that I do. And he said to me, oh, it looked like it really helped. And that gave me the confidence to go, yeah, maybe I need to start looking into this and talking about this because it has really helped me in my life. And that's when I had the idea of combining functional nutrition and EFT tapping and what had worked for me. And something as well about becoming a mother changed me in terms of my confidence. I never thought I would be able to speak on a podcast. I had had trouble introducing myself at um, at, at work. Um, I get really nervous and um and do what I'm doing now but yeah I I went for it and I started a clinic called Functional Health Canberra and that grew really quickly uh, through word of mouth uh, and then a couple years into that that's when seed cycling um came or hormone health came on the radar because what I realized was with my clients there was this commonality of symptoms uh and 
And they would come in and say things like, oh, I was doing really well. And then I experienced these cravings and PMS and I got really moody. And I had one client who wanted to get off the pill, um, but was really scared um, because she'd gone on it for her skin. And I had a couple of clients struggling with perimenopause symptoms and that's, and I guess at the time, uh, hormone health, like hormones weren't sexy. Like this was like seven or eight years ago. Gut health was like really sexy. And so I was like really into that, but I wasn't interested too much in hormones, but I knew I needed to learn more. And I went in with researching with the, that belief of food as medicine. I, I, I remember Googling like what foods support hormones, <laughs> what foods support estrogen and progesterone balance. Uh, and that's where I came across cycling so when you think about back to that time and that journey I mean the common thread here is food food was almost your enemy to begin with and now it's become your greatest healer there's a couple of things that you said in there that really appealed to me first of all can we just go back to grandma and butter (laughs) I think so many people think butter is the enemy or that a fat is bad and especially anyone listening to this that you know their daughters or their children or they themselves have an aversion to fats or to things that we were taught perhaps maybe weren't good for us what is your thoughts now then having become a functional nutritional consultant around things like butter Butter, real foods. Could you talk to us a little bit about why that's now not the demon? Yeah, oh, it just makes so much sense now. And Cindy just taught me so much. And, you know, now I do share a lot about that journey we went through with the low fat revolution in the 80s where we were told fat was bad and, um, and we switched to all the low uh, the low fat products, the low fat cheese, the low fat milk, the, um, the vegetable oil spreads. And, you know, I, I felt that with myself when I understood what those foods were actually doing to my body and the inflammation they were causing and that they weren't real foods. They were man-made, manufactured, and a lot of it wasn't meant for human consumption. And I switched back to, and it just it just brings me back to that tradition and what I remember of my grandma of the butter and the cheese and, and the real milk. And, um, and, and I noticed such a big difference within myself and this is something that I'm really passionate about now and it's hard to get it's hard to when you know if especially if you have lived through that where it was very much about uh, low uh, low fat low fat it's hard to reprogram that and you know I, I've had many conversations with <laughs> without my clients who you know it's, I'm having to constantly remind them um, when they when they and they tend to sometimes go back to oh the low fat uh, and I'm like, no, no, remember what we spoke about? And uh, and it is, it's a game changer. I get the question sometimes about the seeds as well. Like they're, they're higher in fats. Is that going to, uh, is that going to affect my weight loss? And, and I'm like, no, if anything, it's going to help boost your metabolism, but fat, fat burns fat. And so, yeah, I think that's such an important conversation to have an understanding that just, it makes things simpler. Yes, it does. And also the whole thing around what you just said, manufactured foods or foods that aren't even real, that didn't even exist in our mothers, let alone our grandmother's day. Another thing that you mentioned at the beginning, which I think is a really important thing to touch on, you had a desire to be skinny. There's this whole thing around we should look a certain way, we should be slim enough, we should have all these things. We put such pressure and societal pressure on us. When even the models in magazines or on television are photoshopped, it's very hard to be something that's not even real. What was the thing that made you feel you had to be skinny? Was it a comment by somebody? Was it a belief you got from watching a television show? I'm just curious as to what's what planted that first belief when you were so young it's interesting because a memory came up of when I was quite young and 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 it wasn't even something that was said to me it was a conversation I overheard my mum having with a friend um, and I don't remember the details um, but it was something that then that kicked off that belief of I need to be to be loved and then I yeah like I grew up reading Dolly you know I think about some of the tv shows that were on at the time and the girls really had that thin look um and it's interesting because when I I I made myself a promise never to die again and I let go of that belief and 
during that time, I lost 15 kilos and I kept that off through two kids, <laughs> you know, probably over 15 years now. And so the very thing that I was holding on to, once I let go of what I wanted happened. <laughs> and I, I hear that so often. And I see that with my clients of like, once you accept yourself as you are, then there's room to to grow and change. Yeah, uh, there's a real, it's an interesting conversation that's because, you know, except who you are and where you're at right now, um, we're not saying from a health perspective, if you are sick, bad skin, overweight or underweight, that just accept where you are and love yourself. I mean, these are all signs from the body that it needs attention, it needs love, it needs care, it needs perhaps better support. But a lot of people in this day and age, they're being told to love themselves no matter what. How would you teach or educate a beautiful young woman or young man into loving themselves, but more importantly, loving the healthiest version of themselves? Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. And I think for me, it is having those fundamentals and understanding nutrition um, and not not what we've been taught through the diets because I've had clients come to me that know know more about <laughs> calories and <laughs> the different diets and uh, ketosis and than I do and they just uh, are stuck in that diet binge cycle and, and I think that's where that self acceptance and that surrender to to listening to your body and I, I'm just such a believer in mindful and intuitive eating our bodies know and so that's where that's where I would start with that education and looking at understanding and you know when it especially when it comes to intuition when it uh, around food it it's something that needs to be relearned you know I found that when you are dieting for long periods of time it's hard to trust your body and its signals and so it's relearning your hunger signals relearning and trusting your full signals uh, listening to what your cravings and this is where I'm not talking about the cravings for fast food I'm talking about what your body truly craves I was speaking to to a group of uh, footballers about this and they're like yeah well, we just crave kfc and i think no it's there's a difference between that craving and what your body truly needs because your body does want to honor uh, its health uh, and yeah i think that that's such a beautiful place to start yeah i think you're dead right though because a lot of people have said and i've heard them say you know your body will tell you what it wants and that's i've had the same thing well my body says it wants mcdonald's chips or kfc or something I'm like oh we need to reframe this but you're dead right it's not about those cravings we think that's what we need or what we want because maybe that's what we're used to i i'm really curious and you're a mum um how are you now teaching your children you overheard your own mother speaking how are you ensuring that your children get the best messages around health and wellness and growing into beautiful beings that really revere what it means to be healthy? Uh, I, I lead by example. I Even if I'm having a day where I am not comfortable in my body, I will not allow that thought. I will go and do some EFT. I'll get out in nature. I'll move my body. Um, and I would, and I make sure that I get to a place of, for me, uh, I, I feel neutral in my body and that's a really great place. Uh, there's times where I feel uh, a lot of love, um, but as long as I'm back to neutral rather than the negative and, you know, there was certain words that I used to say over and over to myself, like disgusting. <laughs> um, there were certain body parts that I would fixate on. And if I find that word pop up into my mind, it's just we're not allowing this. <laughs> um, and then when it comes to the kitchen, oh, I just think there are so many beautiful resources now for mums. But for me, I keep it light. Um, and I don't. I, I want to. I want to honor their health, but I also want them to have a good relationship with food because restriction was such a issue for me. So, I food is always abundant. Uh, we do eat 
real foods um, and they're involved in the choosing, in the cooking process. Uh, and then if we are out, because I know part, you know, birthday parties and the lolly bags and all that, can, you know, are a big issue um, for a lot of mums. You know, I just, I try not to make a big deal about it, but we have conversations around um, there was a one time my daughter got a really bad headache after and we had a conversation around, why do you think he had that? <laughs> and she straight away said, it was from one of the lollies. <laughs> and so just helping them piece that together. My son, he's just, uh, he's four, but wants to, wants muscles. He's like, how do I get abs? <laughs> and so we took, we linked that to food and, and, and exercise and moving our body. So we're, we're just always having conversations. Yeah, about that it's, and it's it's really nice I'm really powerful very very powerful and I think it's such a good thing lead by example um what's that line do as I say not what I do but yeah. children will do as you do so really it's important what about you know the words that you were talking about before disgusting you know I've said things like fat fart useless mm-hmm. look at you you know like I, I know we've all done it and we all do it especially when we feel a bit disappointed in ourselves I think it's normal to berate ourselves but what's more normal or no, maybe not normal it's become common to berate ourselves but what is best normal is to actually honour this beautiful body. I think people underestimate the magic of it, how incredible it is. You mentioned at the beginning the innate intelligence of it. It is such a remarkable machine. What would be your words of advice to anyone sitting here listening to this that maybe isn't overly happy with their body right now? Maybe they have abused it. Maybe they've not looked after it in the best way. What would be your advice in order to bring it back to that level of being healthy in a place of homeostasis? and actually learning to love it again yeah for me it would be my advice would be move away from restriction and come from a place of abundance with food and like we said like real food and and it's interesting for me what healed my relationship was food (laughs) and food was the issue (laughs) it wasn't really but I thought it was Um, and so it is getting back into your kitchen it is shopping at your farmer's market it is having rituals around meal times and and that's such a different way of looking at it than here's my meal plan <laughs> got to stay in these calories got to track everything <laughs> um, and that real uh it's it's kind of like surrendering to to how we should be or how we've eaten in the past Mm, that's so and true the, and then the way and this I, happens it just does I've seen it so many times when, when we focus on all that when we focus on on health the health goal comes to light and yes there's there's days where you might not feel like cooking and you just want to go get fast food or you don't feel like going out for a walk and, and so there, um, there needs to be grit like um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not saying that that's not what we need but when you come from that different totally different energy it's it's so much easier I think it's dead easy to not be disciplined and dead easy to just reach for junk food or packaged foods or mix something with a sachet. That is the easiest thing to do in this day and age. The most beautiful way to show grit, determination and discipline is by eating a whole food diet. What made you then start to move into the business of the seed cycle and why were the seeds the prominent part and maybe before we even go down into that, looking at the menstrual cycle, the woman's cycle, why was this so important to you? Well, I didn't know it was. And and even when I came across seed cycling, you need to understand your menstrual cycle in order to seed cycle. Um, so it was out of necessity that I researched hormones. It was out of necessity uh, for my clients uh, and for myself. I didn't know it at the time. Uh, and this is like another conversation about I just thought that having a migraine every month was normal and getting really moody and uh, and and those PMS symptoms. I didn't realise that there was the bloating and the and the fluid retention, I didn't realize that there was an issue even just for myself. Um, but I, so it was with seed cycling that I started to learn about the phases of our menstrual cycles and learn about cycles. And 
I I had no idea. I thought a period was when you bled or a menstrual cycle was when you bled. <laughs> I didn't know about ovulation. I knew a little bit because I was um, going through like when I when I was having the kids, but even then um, didn't really know much about that. Definitely hadn't heard the words follicular phase and luteal phase and didn't understand that we have different nutrient requirements and we have different energies in each of the phases. And now understanding that and and that being a byproduct of women's seed cycling, uh, it's it's just a game changer, even for business, understanding where I'm at in my cycle, understanding that if I'm in my ovulation phase and I'm doing a podcast, I'm feeling sparkly, I'm feeling articulate, it's easy. If I'm in my premenstrual luteal phase, I'm a bit more nervous. I feel like I'm not getting my words out. I'm uh, and, and it goes with exercise as well. Uh, you know, the, a lot of the time I felt like I was being lazy, but it wasn't. It was I needed a different sort type of exercise in that second phase and when I was bleeding. So it's just that there's so many aspects that come from understanding your cycle. And, like, the best way I can explain it is, like, life is just easier. <laughs> when you understand it can you talk us through it then it's just in case someone's listening to this and can you explain to us the 28 day cycle yeah so it starts with our menstrual phase and this is where we're when we're bleeding and so from day one of your period and then after our menstrual phase we move into our follicular phase and so this is after we bleed up until ovulation and then we have ovulation, which is our third phase. And then after ov- and ovulation occurs usually around day 14, 15. And then we move into our luteal or pre-menstrual phase. And there's actually, there's a book by an Australian author, uh, her name's Lucy Peach, and it's called Period Queen. And she has certain words that she uses to describe our energy in each of the phases. And this just rings true to me. And every time I describe it to someone, they're like, yeah, I I get that too. So she says in our menstrual phase, so went from day one of our period when we're bleeding, that's our dream phase. So this is where we may be turning inwards. This is a really great time to set goals and intentions to reflect. This is where uh, a time where you may be feeling really creative as well. Uh, And I I notice this in my business. Uh, This is where I schedule in time to do my rest, create recipes and blogs and um, and get on Canva and do (laughs) creatives there and I really enjoy it. And then our follicular phase, she uses the word do and this is where it's like you just want to get shit done. (laughs) You're like ticking off your to-do list, you're cleaning out your pantry, you're getting everything organised and it's just that real do energy. And it's interesting for me, this is where perfectionism really rears its ugly head and and I just want everything to be perfect and and also the the do energy is quite overwhelming for me and I used to think it was anxiety um, but now I recognize it and I just I don't take on I know I'm in do and I'm like we can it's okay let's do three tasks today you don't have to take on the whole world Um, the world's not going to end if we don't finish everything we want to today Um, and so understanding this is the energy and it can be quite extreme coming from your menstrual phase and that dream phase to a do phase Uh, and so understanding that's just been so powerful she talks about our ovulation phase as our give phase and I feel this this is when I'm in my kitchen cooking meals for my family I want to see my friends I want to connect with people uh, and giving it giving is easy uh, and I just love this phase and then our latil phase she talks about that as our take phase so this is where we need to take ourselves this is for me where I know I need to be out in nature I need to be I need to have the sun on my skin uh if I can I will book a massage I'll I'll just really make sure that I am doing my self-care rituals Um, when I can uh, I won't schedule a huge um, speaking event um, during that time because I do find it's a lot more draining Uh, and I and when I honor uh, so I just think she I, i highly recommend the book because she describes the phases way better than I do Um, but it's just been so helpful to understand and then again it's not like you know before it was like oh well I'm you know it's uh, it's because I'm lazy or it's because I'm not a good speaker and I should just quit (laughs) now it's like well this is the phase that I'm in and next week I'm going to be in another phase and it's going to be easier again or 
you know, yeah, I don't feel like doing that now. Um, it doesn't matter because I can leave it for next week where I'll be feeling creative and I can do it then. So yeah, I, I just, I understanding that has just been really, oh, so beneficial. Do you know much about the menopausal phase then? Because I'm sure women still go through those feelings or those energies. Is it just as intense? Is it the same? Because, of course, each phase has different levels of hormones present, which is what creates each phase. What's your thoughts around menopause then? Oh, I love this question. So during menopause, postmenopause, and even for women who have irregular cycles, who may be on the pill, so don't have a, a menstrual cycle, uh, maybe experiencing PCOS, uh, so their cycles are really sporadic, we can use the moon phases. The moon mimics a menstrual cycle. And I know this is where sometimes I lose people and I'll be like, Mel, this is all a bit too woo for me now. <laughs> but I'll say, just wait, let me, let me tell you a few things. Throughout history, women have used the moon to help helps regulate their cycles to support fertility. Uh, and it's no mistake that the moon phases and a menstrual cycle are both average 28 days. Uh, and I just see the most beautiful things happen when particularly going through perimenopause and postmenopause when women understand the, the cyclical rhythm of the moon and for the purposes of seed cycling, we also then link up our seeds to the moon. And so women will say to me things like, oh, I feel so much more grounded. Um, of course, like my skin feels brighter. I'm going to the bathroom more regularly because of the nutrients in the seeds. But Mel, you're making me look at the moon and there's something about it that, <laughs> that is just really, really nice. And so I love hearing that, especially when they start off like, oh, this is. Um, so what we say is the new moon is our phase one. So that's our menstrual and our follicular. And then a full moon is our ovulation and our luteal phase. And we can follow that similar, that, that same rhythm. And yes, you know, some of um, we have, we don't have as many of the hormones. So it may not be, you know, um, you may not feel that do phase as strongly or that, that take phase, but that from speaking to so many women, they, 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 can still resonate and feel that um, uh, sinking with the moon. I think it's so powerful, rhythms, cycles, nature, the way it's designed, if only we could tap into that. You mentioned very briefly the pill and I'm sure other contraceptions. How is this affecting women's cycles and particularly when they come off that or stop using the injection or any other kind of hormone uh, contraception? Have you noticed that there is real significant change for women as they come off things like that or is there anything in particular that you've thought about that? Yeah, oh, it's it's horrific for some women, and and you know, and particularly the synthetic birth controls like the pill, uh, it completely shuts down ovulation. And and uh, there's a really really powerful documentary called uh, the Business of Birth Control, uh, and that explains basically <laughs> a lot of um, what the pill is actually doing to our body and what not produce, not ovulating and producing progesterone and not cycling does long-term. And, you know, I had to stop it. I had to stop it a few times because it was a hard watch um, because it's like it makes me really mad. Like we weren't told these things when we were put on the pill um, and, you know, it's clear like the pill doesn't regulate your cycle. It shuts it down. Um, and so uh, one of the first articles I actually read about seed cycling was from Dr. Brighton. She's a hormone specialist in the US and she was talking about how she prescribes seed cycling to her patients to help them get off the pill. And that's it caught my interest because I had that one client who was on the pill but didn't want to be, it didn't align with her her values anymore and her new way of, uh, of eating and living and environment and uh, yeah, Dr. Brighton describes, so she has a protocol where she, three months prior to getting off the pill, she'll get someone seed cycling with the moon phases. So this helps your body remember that cyclical rhythm. It also helps the, the nutrients in the seeds help your body build up any nutrient depletion um, that we know happens on the pill. And then you continue seed cycling once you're off the pill. And then once your cycle returns, then you can seed cycle using your own menstrual cycle. And I've had I've had clients do that. I have many customers and they're like, they're like, oh, it was, I was, I was so worried, but having something to actually do to prepare myself was great mentally. And then 
having my period come back so quick and not having the skin breakouts or not having the pain that I was expecting was incredible. And it, and it makes sense when we encourage uh, and support the body to do what it needs to and to produce and eliminate those hormones, particularly estrogen and progesterone in our, uh, for our, our major sex hormones, then the symptoms go away. <laughs> Do you think then, if if it's all right for me to ask this, could you explain then exactly what seed cycling is and what sort of seeds are we talking or how is this actually working? And then what did you do to make it your business? Yeah, so seed cycling, it's a food as medicine technique. It's an ancient technique that has roots in Chinese medicine and it's based around four seeds. And I'll say to people all the time, it's four seeds you probably already have in your pantry. Uh, So it's flaxseed and pumpkin seed which we take during the first phase of our cycle or the new moon and sesame and sunflower seed and that's what you take during the second phase or from a full moon and the way it works is the nutrients in the seeds help the body with the production and elimination of estrogen and progesterone so in the first phase some of the superhero superstar nutrients i have to say are omegas we've got zinc we've got magnesium we've got lignans which are a form of phytoestrogen and and and, and lignans, phytoestrogens are really clever because we have estrogen receptor, receptor cells all over our bodies. And, and when you have that lignin, it acts like a plug and it plugs into that receptor and tells that receptor what to do. Yes, produce more, no block the production. Plus all the fibres in the seeds are helping the liver, supporting the liver, helping your gut detox any of that excess estrogen, particularly in that first phase. And then in the the second phase, particularly uh, the sesame seeds, are really a great source of vitamin E. And this is why I think people say to me, oh, within the first month, their skin feels really bright and glowing and they're having less less of those breakouts. And uh, the nutrients in the second phase also support the body to boost progesterone production. So progesterone is like a happy hormone. And uh, when we're not producing enough, this is where it can really affect our moods in that second phase, migraines as well, which was my issue. Uh, and, And this is where it's scary that when you're on the pill, it shuts down all your progesterone. You don't produce any progesterone. Uh, and now there was a study recently done on uh, the pill and um, anxiety and depression, and I don't remember the exact percentage, but it was a high percentage. Um, you're at more more risk of having anxiety and depression when you're on the pill, and you know I'm sure that's linked to not producing progesterone, that happy hormone. So yeah, that's it, how seed cycling works. All you have to do is grind up the seeds, uh, and that's so we can break the shell and get to the beautiful for nutrients inside and so your body can digest and absorb it and the therapeutic dose is a tablespoon of each seed so when i started introducing seed cycling to my clients i would talk them through it i would tell them the seeds that we went to take them and i would ask them to go out and buy them <laughs> and the one the clients that went out bought the seeds um, then i'd I'd tell them to grind it grind them up at home and then keep the store them in the fridge once you have done that and then take that tablespoon of each each day you can pop it into your smoothie you can pop it on top of a salad you can there's so many recipes uh, out there you can make bliss balls uh, you can just pop it on some yogurt uh, and so i would tell them how they can use it what seeds to buy the ones that did that it was just that missing puzzle piece and it seemed it ticked off that hormone issue for us uh, and then time went on and I had a couple of clients who they were coming back every session and, and the symptoms were the same and I would say to them, hey, have you tried seed cycling? And they'd say, oh, Mel, it's all too hard. What seeds are they again? Why do I have to grind them up? I just keep forgetting every time I'm at the store. And I said to them, well, what if I package it up for you and I'll deliver it to you and that way you can just you know pop it on top of your breakfast like like I said. And they're like, yeah, that, that would be awesome. And so I started doing that. At. I ended up with like three Nutribullets at home. I ended up having like certified organic seeds d- delivered in bulk to the door and uh, I had this little thing going with me and my clients uh, and seeds cycling and I wish I could take the credit but I just can't. Uh, my husband got involved and he was like, what are you up to? Why do we have all these seeds delivered and all these uh, Nutribullets and what are you doing? And I explained what I was doing and he's the kind of person that 
anytime I have an idea, he'll tell me all the reasons why it's, I shouldn't be doing it. It's a bad idea. It's a waste of time. Um, it's, I don't know if you have someone like that, that you know, <laughs> that team. And But he didn't say anything. And I was like, oh, he, I thought I was going to get the reasons why. I shouldn't do this. And he came back the next day and he said, Mel, like this is a this seed cycling thing. It's a really good idea. There are thousands of people Googling seed cycling every day. Uh, there's no one in Australia doing what you're doing in terms of like a done for you solution. And I was like, yeah, I know it's, it's a great idea. <laughs> it's really helping my clients. And he said, no, no, I think we need to start another business. I'll invest. I'll help you out. Let's do it together. Um, but let's do it like like properly from the start um, with this vision of like really growing it and, and becoming um, a, a key player in the health food um, industry. And as soon as he said that, I, I called up the bank, opened up the bank account, locked in a designer, locked in. We just like it was all systems go. And within within a couple of months, the online store was live. We ended up we started with um, our kitchen, and so we had like ACT Health come and do all the uh, all the clearances and then within a couple months it just it exploded like we had within that first month over 100 orders I had naturopaths contacting saying can I wholesale you completely streamlined the process for me and my clients Uh, and so we went from trying to trying to manufacture on the weekends get someone to look after the kids I'd do a deep clean of the kitchen bring up we end up having to get machines bring up the machines um, from downstairs to building a little factory in our uh, in our spare we had a spare room near the garage uh, and we did that for about a year and then luckily I had a conversation with um, Cindy O'Meara and she said I can take over for you and I just it was just meant to be. I can't believe that. I didn't even know that she could do that for me. And the the process of moving to her packing company was just so seamless. They take such great care because I was so worried about someone else taking my baby. And I had all these requirements around like the nutrients and the freshness and the the way um, the way I needed it manufactured. And um, they're just they're doing it so beautifully. And yeah, so now we have we have the capacity to to keep growing I think it's so beautiful too when something starts out of a passion I'm assuming that dear husband of yours got you in your follicular phase and your (laughs) and your get shit done phase Um, it was (laughs) there's something really beautiful about a family business and also having our gorgeous husbands involved do you think then from the perspective of what it's done even though people could do this at home I'm getting the hint from you that people still want it handed to them not that they're lazy it's just that it makes it easier is that what seed cycling your business is all about just making it easy because the packaging is insanely beautiful what you offer is incredible talk us through why you think it's made it so easy for people yeah, it, that's exactly what it is. And whenever I teach seed cycling, I teach how, how you can do it yourself. And, you know, sometimes um, every now and then I'll get someone come to me and they're a bit like, oh, I started doing it myself. I'm like, that's amazing. Like, I really think that that is great. Uh, our products are just there as a convenience and it's a way of introducing seed cycling to to people that I wouldn't have been able to. And and particularly I think seed cycling was kind of lumped in the woo-woo world because of the moon and uh, and because there wasn't a lot of research up until now. Now we're, we're seeing the research. Uh, there was a really powerful study done in, last year in 2023 for seed cycling PCOS and the results just blew us away. Uh, there was like a 36% reduction in cyst degeneration and um, there, was a contr- there was a control group, a metformin group, which is a drug commonly used to treat PCOS symptoms and a seed cycling group and seed cycling uh, results are better than the metformin group. So, you know, I've been able to, with with the company, I'm able to educate, I'm able to introduce seed cycling to people who uh, wouldn't have heard of it um, or, and, and the packaging was on purpose as well. I wanted it to be appealing. Uh, I didn't, I didn't want it to look I woo like I wanted it to look and a lot of the information that we have it we 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 take great pride in like the science based information and linking to studies and and sharing the facts around the nutrients and so you know for for someone who maybe has been on on the pill for 10 years is scared to get off um hasn't really dabbled in um natural solutions and is a bit skeptical um just the packaging itself is appealing to that person and then bringing them into our community sharing the amazing results our customers 
have um, sharing information on not just seed cycling, but understand like menstrual cycle, body literacy, um, food as medicine, functional nutrition, EFT. Like I'm able to just oh, just provide so much. And it, um, a lot of the times we do have that person who's just really new and I'm so excited to welcome them in. And and I think for them trying to do it themselves w- would have just been too overwhelming, particularly like if you don't even know your menstrual cycle, you don't know when you're ovulating um, and and you do struggle with time and, um, and, and, you know, the dosages are simple, but it can be overwhelming as well. Like what, so what is it like I see a tablespoon of each? Is it ground? Is it not ground? Or what? There's all these questions. And it's like, well, for us, it's just, we've got, we've got them packaged together and it's just one scoop each day. And that's your therapeutic dose. So when it comes to seed cycling, and we've mentioned it briefly, this is perfect for a woman in her production or reproduction years. Uh, I just want to bring it back to menopause for a minute because we drop in estrogen and progesterone as we get older. And I'm just curious as to how the seeds, I know you're saying that it would still work if we go with the moon phase, but what about things like um vaginal dryness, sexual Mm -hmm. urges, um, people's desire for connection. Do they still get shit done? Like how does that happen or what happens to the menopausal or perimenopausal woman and how do we make sure she is taken care of? Yeah, well, interestingly, what you were saying is correct. So we don't have those estrogen and progesterone peaks uh, and, and, and dips like when we're menstruating. But, uh, and the major thing that I see affecting uh women for during perimenopause and postmenopause is actually endocrine disrupting chemicals and xenoestrogens and so this is where the seeds are just so beautiful at helping the body eliminate any of that excess estrogen Um, and that's where again like that education around well what could be disrupting our hormones what are the signs Um, and so some of those signs that you mentioned um, you may not link to a hormone imbalance or to or excess estrogen or um, to your environment. Um, and so this is where seed cycling is such a beautiful technique to help your body with that elimination as well as that cyclical rhythm, um, particularly the fibres as well, the fatty acids uh, and um, going through uh, perimenopause and postmenopause. Uh, it's just such a beautiful, it's like nature's, multivitamin say. <laughs> it's just so beautiful for women to be listening to this to actually really fully understand their cycles I was never taught it my mum didn't talk to me about all the different phases I have obviously she was amazing when it came to understanding menstrual cycle but not the actual what's going on kind of thing there were many doctors back in my day that put you on the pill mainly for skin problems or if you were really um I don't know you had some sort of irritation or eczema or, or you were breaking out like it was do we really understand fully what the 60s, 70s and 80s have done to us women? And do you think, in your humble opinion, we can come out of this? Yeah, some days I feel really hopeless when I hear our customers telling me how they were gaslit by GPs and um, just horrific stories. Uh, But then other times, like we've started working with GPs and they're interested in seed cycling. They want to see the science. Uh, We work with over a hundred naturopaths and coaches and nutritionists now. And that just, and we meet up with them every month on Zoom. And every time I walk away from that meeting, I just have so much help that there are, there are people out there who have the knowledge, who can help women who just don't know when to turn to. And you're right, I read something recently that in the 80s and 90s, the only two solutions for a hormone imbalance was a hysterectomy or and the pill. And I look at like my grandma, both my grandmas and my mum all had hysterectomies really early on. And my my grandma actually died um, right after the surgery, her hysterectomy. So, you know, I, I didn't really know where my mission felt fitting when it came to hormones until I realised that. Um, and, you know, that's not good enough. Those two solutions, <laughs> they're not really solutions um, where there are so many other things that we can do to naturally support uh, our, our hormones and first, under, like, understand it, that the fact that we didn't even have language around our cycle um, <laughs> until recently in terms and, and understand the phases. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
so beautiful. I just, I, I'm, some days I'm hopeful, some days I'm. <laughs> no, I think it's just so beautiful that we can actually honour it now and that it's okay to talk about it and that it's good to explain to our beautiful girls um, why they crave certain things, uh, which was my next question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A lot of women, young women or women that are in that menstrual phase do tend to crave chocolate or sweet things at certain times in their period. Is that because, or in their cycle, is that because they're lacking something or is that natural in your opinion? Yeah, from what we understand, particularly cycle syncing, which is led by um, Dr. Elisa Vitti, she actually explains that we have different nutrient requirements in different phases and particularly in that lateal premenstrual phase, we have a higher carb uh, nutri- nutrient need uh, and so uh, and, and then she talks about in our menstrual phase this is where we may need a little bit more protein and iron sources and in our follicular phase that's where those good fats come in but you may be able to eat less carbs in that phase and and when I'm talking about carbs I'm talking about complex carbs I'm talking about sweet potato and sourdough and rice that's cooked well and um, prepared well and um, and those carbs and then um, and in ovulation this is where they are where we can have more leafy greens and that can help the detox of that excess estrogen as well so i do believe that when you can understand your cycle and understand what your body needs uh, and and again like i i feel this within myself like I have those cravings for carbs in my premenstrual phase and before I probably would have tried to restrict and not have them and think that there was something wrong and then I turned to chocolate and all the processed foods which then just make you eat more whereas now I know well I need to be having a little bit more carbs in this uh in this phase and I feel that craving come on I choose good quality carb I make sure I pair it with a fat so it keeps me nice and full I have my beautiful seeds supporting me and it's no longer an issue which is Mm. amazing. Well, I think it's so simple. And then once again, nature, mother nature, she knows best, right? It's just, and if we learn this, if we as mothers and grandmothers teach our beautiful daughters and sons, it's important that these men understand this as well. I mean, this is really an act of self-love. It is the ultimate act of self-care when you fully understand it and you can use food as your medicine. Could you explain to us then maybe what's your definition of self-love? Yeah, my definition of self-love goes back to that self-acceptance and and that honouring nature, honouring our intuition. Uh, And and I think that when you can come from that place, then everything else flows on. Is that something that you would teach your children to really connect with, with nature, the cycles, understanding that sometimes we're at our best and even our best is our worst sometimes? Like it's okay to have warts and all, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And and I love how excited they get about the moon. When they say the moon is like, Mom, it's a full moon. and, And that's without me even talking about it too much. Like it's like kids just have that fascination with the cycles uh, and we just don't realize it and then you know as we get older we just <laughs> it kind of fades away so yeah I just I want to keep that connection for them with nature um, to their intuition um, particularly when it comes around it comes to food like there are studies done that uh, people who are intuitive eaters don't have issues with weight management and and and, and and relationship with food so for me that, that that is really important but it's a balance between like the intuition the honoring um to you know the modern world <laughs> and and uh you know going to the grocery store with them and you know they want to they want what their friends are having so i'm not saying it's easy but you know if i can keep connecting them back to honoring their body to listening to their what they what they feel like eating their body's intuition and nature oh, i think uh, I'll be winning. <laughs> I just think it's so beautiful that nature does provide something that is so simple and yet so profoundly impactful on our rhythms, our cycles, our behaviours, our moods, our our desires. All of these things really matter and it's about tapping into and honouring that. 
Speaking of tapping into the whole process around, we have had beautiful Dawson Church on this podcast, show 113. (laughs) Yep, show 113 if anyone's interested. Could you just give us a little brief explanation? Because you did make quite an impactful um, statement around it at the beginning. And I think it's really important for people to come back to this and understand why you felt it was such an important part as well. Yeah, so EFT is something that you can do yourself and I think that that's what's really powerful and it is using the body's acupressure points and you're tapping on the specific points with your fingers. Uh, so um, it's funny, I uh, last year I did four weeks um, in my daughter's kindy uh, and I was teaching the kids tapping and it was just the most magical experience. But one of the, uh, because it's often referred to as acupuncture without needles but one of the parents didn't want the um their child involved because they they read acupuncture and thought needles <laughs> like no there's no needles involved and it's such a beautiful thing that you can do with kids as well and so the way it works is that you're tapping on the specific acupressure points and uh, that sends a signal to the amygdala which is our stress center uh, and 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 tells the body that you're safe and so this is where there's been studies done I think it's even higher now but the last I checked it uh, tapping on the acupressure points reduces cortisol by 43 percent which is huge so it's a way that you can quickly change your state uh, and, and the way it works is we're acknowledging the feeling um, and and that's all the feeling wants is to be acknowledged so we're using affirmations but we're also acknowledging even though I'm feeling really anxious right now I deeply and completely accept myself and we're tapping on the acupressure points which is sending that calming signal Um, and yeah it's just such a powerful tool that you can use Uh, working with the practitioner is amazing uh, because you're able to then it's like then you're able to do the heavy lifting you're able to use EFT to get to the underlying root cause uh, to, to those core beliefs um, that are usually around uh, that that develop over, during childhood and can be really holding up some of those negative behaviors and patterns and so I found it just so powerful when when working with women around food and their bodies to use EFT to help figure out you know that belief of uh, like mine, I need to be skinny or that belief that I'm lazy or overweight runs in my family or whatever that program is running, we can figure that out. We can figure out where it's come from and we can use the EFT to help release it from our unconscious. So it goes from feeling like a fact, like 100% true to, and like, doesn't everyone feel like that to, I don't, that doesn't resonate at all anymore. I can't believe I thought <laughs> that, that I needed to be skinny to be loved. Like that's outrageous, not true at all. No, and I think it's so important that we are able to teach these beautiful young souls as they're growing that whatever they get uh, seduced by in social media or in any form of media, that that doesn't necessarily mean the truth or that they're not worthy or not beautiful. And I just think this whole seed cycling is actually very deep, very profound, and very, very much connected. I also uh, agree with you that the minute I start talking about the moon, people start to think you've lost your plot. But, you know, we are 80, 70, 80% water. The moon affects water every minute of every day with the tides and different cycles. And how are we not affected by it? I know people that have epilepsy or different conditions that they can get affected at different times of the month. So, And that is moon-driven. And I think what you've alluded to here is the importance of understanding all cycles, all rhythms, and for us to become more educated and aware. So Mel, when you do start with the seed cycling and everything, I can imagine that there's a, a bit of a process for the body to adapt to this. Could you explain to us what or how long it takes for your body to actually respond to the cyclical way of looking after yourself? Yeah, this is really important. And so what I'll say to people, well, it's not a quick fix. Yes, you, within the first month, customers will say, oh, I feel like my skin's glowing. I'm going to the bathroom more regularly. I feel like I'm less bloated. But it's really that three to four month mark where it's given your body time to go through those cycles and that estrogen and progesterone increase and decline that will start to notice those benefits when it comes to 
um, PMS, when it comes to breast tenderness, when it comes to hormonal acne, irregular cycles, those perimenopause symptoms as well. Uh, And then after that, people will say, oh, well, um, once I've had those benefits, do I need to continue? And I think, well, why wouldn't you? (laughs) But um, I've noticed, uh, and even just for myself, like if I have a month where I haven't been as consistent, my symptoms are never as bad as they were before I started seed cycling. But I, I noticed that like I get a bit more irritated. Uh, there was a month there where I, I felt that migraine niggle and I was like, oh, this isn't good. And I do notice when I'm really diligent taking my seeds every day, that's when my period comes and it's just so easy. And, and customers tell us that all the time. Like I'll get a message saying, I, I need back on my subscription. My hot flushes have come back. <laughs> Help. And, and, and we'll get them back on board. Yeah. Well, it's food, right? It's medicine. And speaking of which, I mean, you've got a husband and a son. You know, is this just as good for men and our boys? Like it wouldn't hurt them to be on this, would it? Yeah, no, I think it's great. Uh, my my kids are a bit over the uh, the seed cycle. We got seed cycle biscuits and brownies and I was testing it with them. And so they've had like... I don't copious amounts, um, but that um, my son will add it into his porridge every now and then. And my husband actually, um, he adds it into his smoothie every day. So it's so good for them as well. They can use the moon phases um, or they could just use all four seeds if the moon phases um, is a bit too too much of a mind barrier. <laughs> To, to get past but the, the, there's just there's so many beautiful nutrients in it and uh, it's funny when we realized how much we would have to invest financially starting the business my husband came to me and he said Mel does this actually work <laughs> like just, just checking and I said you know what if nothing else if, if if we move away from the hormone support and the, and the cycling and all those symptoms having the, the nutrients and these beautiful seeds every day there are there are so many benefits, and and, they, and we're not having those nutrients regularly. So yes, it does work, and people are going to see benefits. And he was like, okay, cool, okay, transfer that money now. <laughs> it's huge, right? It is because people want it to to work, and people think the the other thing I just want to say the, the point about it taking three to four months. Please understand anyone listening to this that the body, it's um, you know drugs. We we may be so used to drugs having an instant effect, or you notice it the minute you take it. That a natural evolution of a body to adapt and change does take time, and so I really want to reinforce that. And also, I do, I would like to add to this. Could I add, if I if I had a husband that wasn't in this, or maybe I'm menopausal, or maybe I don't get the seed cycles, can I add the seeds themselves to my smoothie, or could I follow the moon and actually use it? And if so, how much would I need? Yeah, so the therapeutic dose, and, and we're talking about seed cycling for hormone modulation, the therapeutic dose seed is one tablespoon of each seed ground up. Um, if you just want to pop the seeds into, say, your smoothie, each day that's incredible i'd probably double it and have two tablespoons of the of the the raw unground seed i will say particularly with flaxseed and the sesame seed uh, just make sure they're ground because otherwise they're just going to go straight through you and your body's not going to be able to access those beautiful nutrients inside I cannot begin to tell you how much I appreciate the work you've done and also your beautiful husband for tapping into seeing this as an opportunity to teach, to grow, and also to create a legacy for your beautiful family. As we come to the close of this, could you maybe share with us um, your favorite quote and what would be your final message to the self-love podcast listener? Yes, I would love to. It has to, especially because we've been talking about food as medicine, it has to be let food be thy medicine. That's my favourite quote. And I guess what I would like to leave you with is if you are having a conversation with someone um, or, you know, I'll say like if you're sitting next to uh, someone at the hairdresser and they're they're talking about some of these hormone imbalance symptoms um, and and they're really struggling, um, maybe plant the seed of, hey, um, why don't you do some research on seed cycling? I think that uh, I think more women need need to be doing it but need to learn about it and this will just open them up to, an easier way of um, supporting their hormones and and living and ultimately self-love. I think it's so beautiful. I love the fact that you said plant the seed. That no, was a really no beautiful thing. <laughs> 
If people wanted to follow you, reach out to you, get your beautiful seed cycling packs, where can we find you, Angel? Yes, at theseedcycle.com.au. I also share a lot on Instagram. I share a lot of inspiration on how to incorporate seed cycling, uh, lots of recipes and yummy real food uh, recipe uh, treats that you can make. Um, and, yeah, so that's the underscore seed underscore or cycle uh, i respond to all the dms um so i'd love to hear from you if you start seed cycling or have any questions about getting started we do have a quiz on the website as well which is really helpful to to help you determine whether seed cycling's for you and and how to actually get started Oh, look, I can't begin to tell everybody how wonderful the website and the Instagram pages. So please, if you are a woman, if you have children, if you have a daughter, if you yourself have never really looked into what it means to have a healthy, happy cycle, realizing that things like really bad cramps, PCSOS, uh, any of the conditions that we've been told that if you go on the pill, it'll go away is actually that's common, but it's not normal. Our cycles should be natural, they should be beautiful, and if we can tap into the wisdom of our incredible bodies, we will actually fall in love with the power of our innate intelligence. And I just want to say thank you, beautiful Melissa, for everything you do and for getting out of the public health service and into doing this in a much bigger forum and for supporting all the beautiful coaches, naturopaths, and nutritionists out there. You are one in a trillion, and I want to thank you wholeheartedly for being on the show. Well, thank you so much, Kim. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family and head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.